Before today's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, I want to tell you about our new podcast series, Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades, in association with Indigo Unified Communications. Join me, Hugh Evans, and a host of legends from both sides of the divide as we look at the history of the old firm derby from the 1960s to the present day. In the latest episode, Simon Donnelly and Mark Hatley join me to discuss the rivalry in the 1990s. To listen, download the Radio Clyde app or search Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades, on your usual podcast app. 0141-951-1025 It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scotland will be without three key men for tomorrow's huge playoff with Israel due to coronavirus One of them is Ryan Christie who looks set to miss the old firm game Probably along with Odson Edward who is tested positive And the second batch of Betfred Cup games takes place tonight with Hamilton On the wrong end of an upset last night I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me this evening Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi yeah, as you say, Gordon, the headline news, Scotland, uh, unfortunately, without three major players for tomorrow night. It's a real sore one uh, for Steve Clark, uh, Stuart Armstrong, Ryan Christie and Kieran Tierney. All out due to COVID and the COVID regulations and a couple of injuries as well. It's the last thing that the Scotland manager needed, but they will just need to get on with it. Edward able to play for Celtic, we believe he'll be available uh, due to the, the, the COVID rules. He will be available for se- selection for the old firm game. Ten sleeps to go. And uh, delighted to see you get Andy Halliday beside us who helped Hearts off to a winning start in the Betfred Club last night He did indeed Andy Halliday on the day in which we were reminded again about the impact coronavirus is having on our lives And that applies to everyone It is wreaking havoc um, internationally and domestically as far as our football is concerned Yep, three coronavirus cases obviously in different one, um, you know, one positive, a couple of negatives But not only that, a couple of injuries that you know, when you look at the five names, um, you know, you're looking at at least four of them are probably going to start the game. So it's a huge blow in terms of the in terms of the Scotland team for tomorrow. And and like you said, looking at the old forum you know, game ahead, it's you know it's a, a huge doubt that a couple of them are going to play. Yeah, oh one four one nine five one one oh two five on the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Um Mark Greedy, this is obviously a football show. Don't need to always put that disclaimer in. So it goes without saying before we get caught up in the madness of who should play and who shouldn't play and why can't he play and why is he available and all the rest of it, Odson Edwards tested positive and so Stuart Armstrong. This is a, a deadly virus and we hope the guys are, are okay. I think um, Odson Edward in particular has already tweeted to say that he's fine and all the rest of it. But first and foremost, the health and well-being of the players is the priority. Yeah, yeah, it is because we should never underestimate what it could be. Even if you are a young, fit, healthy Sportsmen, there could always be a wee, a wee twist and things. So yeah, first and foremost, and I hope that the the family's okay and, and people close to them, and that there's not. We hope it's not as widespread um, as we as we think it might be. And then when you look to the to the football, when you put all that to one side, I just hope uh, Gordon that uh, Scotland get a result tomorrow. It's a massive game, biggest game, and since the playoff against uh, Holland and the game against Italy when Alec McLeish was in charge and Bertie votes before him. But I think now, and as Andy mentioned, the, the, the two injuries too to, to Palmer and McKenna, it strikes me now that Steve Clark really should be con- or will be concentrating more on selecting a team that really takes into account the strengths of Israel. I think before, if he had all your players available, he would pick the team that he feels the Scotland team to go and worry Israel. But now, he'd need to really look at the strengths of right. I need to pick a team 
that possibly first and foremost combats them and makes sure that we, that we nullify their main threats and then I'll build it round from, from there. Might be wrong, but that's what I would do now. Right, 0141 Give us your reaction to today's breaking news. There's been so much of it. Coronavirus uh, causing chaos in the Scotland squad. Uh, a couple of Celtic players involved there as well. So give us your general reaction. But life goes on. We do have that massive game, the biggest in 13 years, you could argue, for Scotland. And you're going to need to pick a team So take into account the guys that are missing due to the virus The guys that are injured Come on here and pick your Scotland team Because we're going to have to come up with something So let us know 01419511025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB Andy um, You have experience now of, of being in the bubble And all the rest of it And football's trying to navigate its way through this We always I think we always knew it would be a bumpy road mm-hmm. And we've had a couple of examples at St Mirren and Hamilton Ackies and all the rest of it But all of a sudden we're on the eve of a crunch international game The most important for 13 years And we're without three of our top players We're heading into the biggest game domestically And it looks like Celtic will be without two of their top players Is it now starting to really hit home the challenges that face football at the moment? Yeah, we've said that a couple of times And I think you know we're going to say it a few more times in the in the coming weeks and months But... Again, not the first case, not going to be the last. Uh, no, I, I agree. I think it's obviously paramount that, uh, you know, the players' health and safety is the most important thing. But, you know, in terms of timing for the national team, it's, it's certainly not ideal. Uh, in terms of domestically for Celtic, also not ideal. But, I mean, it's a squad of players that you're missing five, five, five key players. And like you said, the biggest game for the nation in 13 years. So I think Steve Clark's got... You know, probably a worry in his hands, and and maybe chopping and changing a few a few names in the starting lineup that he was planning for for the week. But you know, I still think that they've certainly got the players to to beat Israel on the, within the squad. It's only natural, Mark. People would then look forward to that Celtic Rangers game. Odson Edward's situation um, is that he looks like he'll return from France the day before the game, so he's isolating mm-hmm. until then. So technically, he's he's going to be available, but realistically. You would imagine not. I don't don't know that for a fact, but you know he's isolating until the day before. Then he comes back, so it clearly puts his preparation up in there. And uh, Ryan Christie, like many people involved, he has been deemed to be a close contact of Stuart Armstrong. He would then isolate for fourteen days, and that would take us beyond uh, the Rangers game. Well, in, in the case of Austin Edward, one thing that, that Neil Lennon, though, he's not going to get injured because he's sitting in a house or in a hotel room, wherever, wherever he is in France. So that's that's one thing. Um, yeah, he'll have missed out in you know five or six days training over the next 10, 11 days. Uh, I was at Celtic St Johnston on Sunday at Moderna Park and, and looking at his form, and it's been the case for a number of weeks, would, would Celtic miss him? No. I know he's a he's a big game player. I think he's the kind of player that responds to the the, the big crowds as well. And not having crowds in there, I think, had a, had a negative impact on Edward. So if you to go purely on form, uh, I don't think he'd be anywhere near the Celtic starting lineup. But he does have big moments As Andy knows He's played against him A number of times So you bring that into account So I don't know It's up to Neil Lennon But even if he wa- even if he didn't have COVID uh, Gordon He wouldn't really Most of the players Won't be back till Thursday or Friday anyway yeah. Probably Stephen Gerrard and Neil yeah, Lennon And all the other managers Will only get one Maximum two sessions When you look at all, all the games That they've got Right let's hear a bit From Stevie Clark We want to hear from you On the phones He says it's been a difficult day For everyone in the Scotland camp But he says the health of the players Is the priority and he says he can't lose focus on just how big tomorrow's game is. A difficult time for us in camp, especially difficult for the people involved in the immediate process. There's a situation with the COVID that Stuart Armstrong came in, tested negative uh, when we had the UEFA test done yesterday. Uh, the results came through this morning and 
unfortunately Stuart is, is tested positive and by association and close contact the NHS have done their track and trace and, and we've identi identified another four which includes two players and two staff members that are also out I obviously know the players that are involved and key players for us so a difficult time for for me as a manager uh, and, and now some difficult decisions to make or, or some, some other decisions to make in, in terms of team selection which really is, is, is my main focus now because what's happened has happened uh, hopefully everyone involved comes through with no issues and the health of everybody is more important than, than any game of football but now as a football manager the national manager I have to make sure that we get the team on the pitch right frame of mind and, and ready to go for a positive result Right, what do you make of today's news then? Let us know on the phones or on Twitter And looking forward, we're going to have to field a team of some sort So pick your Scotland team Taking into account all those guys that are missing uh, Through either illness or isolation or injury Whatever it may be, pick your team as well We're here until 8 o'clock So plenty of time, let's get stuck in with Jerry, Who is on the line Jerry, it's been quite the day, hasn't it? Uh, it has been, Gordon Thanks for taking my call I'll just echo your, your sentiments at the start I hope Odson and Stuart get better soon Not just as a Celtic fan But as a, as a person You don't want to see Players getting ill um, I think generally though There's a couple of points um, International football I completely disagree with it Going on In this current Global pandemic Players flying over the world Sharing team buses Hotels and The rest of it It's completely unnecessary The only reason it's going forward Is for money UEFA want their money And I just completely I think this was a disaster Waiting to happen We, we knew it was going to happen We knew players were going to get infected not just players, but physios and coaches and all other people associated with football. It was just a disaster waiting to happen. Why international football is going ahead, I completely disagree with it. I also feel, and I don't like to come on and criticise guys on the show, but Mark's on the show tonight, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but I think at the weekend, your position along with you and a couple of others was, as far as getting fans back in stadium, the position was, you know, we can go to pubs and restaurants, so why can't we have fans in football stadiums? Well, obviously now we can't go to pubs and restaurants. But even so, it, it was never safe to go to pubs and restaurants. You're always taking a calculated risk going to these places. In my opinion, we have to consider this season a complete write-off of getting fans back into stadiums. And we have to get the heads together and come up with some kind of plan to save Scottish football. Because, as we all know, it's in crisis. Clubs are losing money hand over fist. But we have to get away from this idea of we're going to get fans back in stadiums. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen anytime soon. It's certainly not going to happen this year. And I don't think it's going to happen this season. So let's just put that to one side and actually come together and put a plan in place to save Scottish football. Yeah, I certainly admire the sentiments that the fans in stadiums debate is going to rumble on, Mark. And there is still a belief within certain high uh, figures in Scottish football that this season isn't a complete write-off. Jerry might think it is. And it may well be if we limit ourselves to Kind of what's happening right now and how it's impacting on the field. Jerry says he thinks international football at all at the moment is in the middle of a pandemic is a recipe for disaster. Would you go along with that? Uh, I, th I can see where he's come from, but I think we've got to try and we've got to try and have as much normality as we can. We're, we're all aware of, of of what's out there and and uh, and the dangers. And I've got my own personal views uh, on that. And it's this is not the platform to to get into them. But uh, in terms of football. Um, I think we try and be as normal as we can. As Jerry hit the nail on the head, we want to try and save clubs. So one of the best ways to help save our football clubs and save our game in Scotland is by getting supporters in and having games on. Uh, it's all guesswork, but I think that you know by by April time, I think we could, if fans back in, edging towards full houses. Bearing in mind that 
whether we like it or not, there will be pressure from UEFA to governments in the UK, bearing in mind that we've got Euros coming up, games at Hamden, semi-finals and final scheduled for Wembley uh, for that tournament. So there will be a need to try and address it and you can't address that at the last minute. So things will happen um, then. But um, no, for me, I want to try and get fans back into the grounds and uh, again, without granting my own political views on it, I do believe that there should be right now um, some kind of way for a certain number of fans to get into grounds all over the country Andy in terms of what's happening on the field with these Scotland players this is the bit that becomes a bit murky I think you need to hold your hands up at the start and admit that there are a lot of unanswered questions mm-hmm. um, particularly if you look at the way this is played out so Stuart Armstrong actually returned a negative test for Covid when he arrived at Orium on Monday uh, but then a supplementary UEFA test returned a positive result this morning now what happens then is that Lothian Health Protection Team Because that's where they were They were, they were at Orium uh, So Lothian Health Protection Team Get involved They identified that Kieran Tierney and Ryan Christie Were the close, closest contacts And they now have to isolate The problem is Or the confusion is Arsenal have now issued a statement With quotes from Kieran Tierney Saying that Kieran Tierney was Socially distant at all times From Stuart Armstrong Didn't break any rules Didn't break any guidelines Yet he's still been told to, to isolate And once the Once the health Officials say that You don't really Come back from it You're just going to have to And I don't think Arsenal are making that statement Unless they believe They have solid grounds And I think Kieran Tierney's obviously Been strong in his opinion on it The issue is For me Whether Listen Whether I agree With, with the protocol or not The fact of the matter is If Kieran Tierney And Ryan Christie have, have, uh, have, have tested negative For the virus Their next game's in 10 days 11 days so they have an opportunity to have three tests in that period which could all return negative but at the same standpoint I've sat and spoke about how I believe that the you know the players health and safety is paramount mm-hmm. if the NHS have stepped in and that's the protocol unfortunately there's nothing we can do yeah, that, that is it in a nutshell Mark because you can understand the frustration of the players as Andy quite rightly says yeah. Ryan Christie's tested negative at the moment he could test negative probably if my time frame's correct three more times mm-hmm. before Celtic are due to play Rangers but he still won't be able but to play well, tell, tell me this and I, and I genuinely don't know the answer I'm, I'm not being mischievous here mm. um, can Celtic and Arsenal can they defy the guidelines and play yeah, those players. I, I, I wouldn't have thought so, and I think also for us, it's it's probably not worth going down that route because no, I'm just asking. The, I'm not. I'm not. As I say, I'm not yeah. being. Mis- I'm just asking a genuine question because well, I don't well, know no, the answer. No, not they can't. Right? Okay. I, mean, right. I, I think that's the Got safe. An that's I mean, anyone. Well, anyone can do what they like, can't they? But I, I think ultimately, those are the same rules that, that govern everyone. If you're told to isolate, you're told to isolate, and I think that's that has yeah, to be the, the bottom on, line on it. On Jerry's point as well about um, no Cena. Seeing the potential of international football being stopped, I think surely that applies by European football in general, even for the domestic clubs. Because I mean, mm. Rangers and Celtic are still flying across the country and and in different borders and, and having travel and, and certain isolations and bubble experiences as well. So, you know, the international point is made kind of reflects the mm-hmm. same on European in a domestic way as well. Yeah, and Jerry, I get what you're saying about you know it was a recipe for disaster. I think a lot of people will agree, but you know, you referenced sharing buses and and sharing hotels, but there there are. Well, you could also also come back at me and you say, obviously not. Obviously, something's gone wrong at, at certain places. But you know, the the players are socially distanced within hotels. There are strict measures in place to make sure this doesn't happen. As well, I don't know what you're saying, God, but it obviously has happened somewhere down the line. It's just an unnecessary risk we're taking with players' health. And and I just I really need to pick up, Mark. Uh, I'm sorry, Mark. I just think you're completely irresponsible 
even asking the question, can you defy the, the rules? But pushing this narrative of getting fans back in stadiums is quite honestly dangerous. You're well, in, my, in, but, yeah, but in my opinion, Jerry, it's not. In my opinion, it's not. And up until today, we were allowed to go to pubs and restaurants and cinemas. I know that's been, been shelved in different ways for 16 days. So it's a narrative that I believe in and, and that I, I put my, my trust in the public to go and watch a game of football. And I'm not saying, you know, let's get 50,000 back into Ibrox and 60,000 back into Celtic Park. So it's not a dangerous narrative. I'm pushing, I'm well uh, versed on it. I'm, I'm respectful of it. I do, but I do believe there's, there's, there's something there to get to get fans back in. And in terms of the, the, the previous point about asking Gordon, can they defy it? I just wanted to know the answer because I didn't know the answer. And if you don't know information about something, rather than guess, the best way to try and deal with it is get somebody to give you an answer. And Gordon gave me an answer, the, so I'm thankful for that. The fans debate is, is a good one, and I'm sure it'll rumble on. And I'm not saying we can't discuss that tonight, but I feel as if we've got enough on our plate with what's going to happen on the pitch. We need to... Figure out who plays for Scotland And what impact this might have on, on Celtic going forward And things like that So um, Andy Halliday If you had to pick a Scotland team Out of what we've got left Who would you go? I mean like I said there's You're missing you know, At least four players That were going to play in the game I don't think there's yeah, any Yeah because Palmer and McKenna it. Are injured on top yeah. of the virus guys yeah. Yeah. I think they, there's no doubt They were going to play uh, I don't think there's any doubt That uh, Kieran Tierney and Ryan Christie were going to play there's an argument that Stuart Armstrong could have even played but I'm lo- lo- looking within the squad I think they'll go three at the back I think they'll go three at the back again you look in the squad there's only the only really recognised winger there's Ryan Fraser uh, so I can see them going a back three another reason for that is you know, there's quite a lot of inexperience there uh, within Scotland central defenders Ryan Portes has never had a cap, uh, cap. Scott McTominay's you know, not natural centre back uh, I think you know, Cooper's the one you can definitely see playing there, uh, and I think Declan Gallagher. Although I think he's been, you know, he had great form certainly at Livingston last year. I don't think he's shown his best form at uh, Motherwell. So I'd go well, Motherwell last year, but Motherwell at the start of this year, yeah, even. yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd go. I'd probably go three at the back with um, David Marshall in goals. I'd go Cooper. I'd go Portis to make his first cap because I do think he's um, his form right now is greater than, than mm-hmm. Declan Gallagher's, albeit he's, he's got that inexperienced. Uh, Scott McTominay, left wing back, I'd go Andy Robertson. I think everybody could have guessed that. Right back, I'd go for Ryan Jack. Uh, midfield three, Callum McGregor, John McGinn, John Fleck. And I would go Ryan Fraser behind Dykes. Okay, don't mind that. What about you then? What would you do on the lines? Who would you pick? We have been... Um, affected majorly by coronavirus restrictions and by injury But we still got the biggest Scotland game in 13 years tomorrow So who should play? We'll hear from you and more from Stevie Clark next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here Trying our best to react to what's been a crazy day in the world of Scottish football Just a recap Ryan Christie And Kieran Tierney Have had to isolate For 14 days Because they've been judged To be a close contact Of Stuart Armstrong Who has tested positive For coronavirus We wish him well That obviously has a huge Knock on effect For Scotland Tomorrow And then Celtic Once we get back To the domestic stuff Odson Edwards Also uh, tested positive Within the last 24 hours Or so So Scottish football uh, Like All aspects of life Really feeling the knock-on effects of coronavirus at the moment. Let's bring in Mark and Cumbernauld because he's been waiting for ages. Hi, Mark. My apologies. Uh, hi, Paddle. Uh, hope you're all uh, doing well. Just, uh, I just wanted to talk about the 
was I'm a big Celtic fan and I'm also a Scotland fan as well. But I wanted to talk about uh, the amount of players that Celtic are losing through this international period. Uh, it's getting a bit uh, worrying, uh, to say the least. Now, I understand we lost Edward last night, Ryan Christie today, even though he's not tested positive for COVID. Also, got James Forrest out with the European uh, last European game, so he's out for six weeks. So that's you now. Like I say, I'm a big Scotland fan, and I hope they, they progress, and I hope they do really well. The worry for me is, though, what the chances are of Celtic coming out of this uh, international uh, triple header with with the same players uh, or the players that are still there, and still fit, uh, fit when they come back for the old firm game. Mm. Obviously, we've got the biggest. Game of the season coming up in two weeks' time. We'll also play AC Milan during the week after that, and then we're away to Aberdeen as well, as far as I'm aware. So, and, and a following European game. I know the COVID doesn't last that long, but my biggest fear is we've got three of our last season, three of our most influential players are now probably both three of them are all out of the old firm game, biggest game of the season. And the worry for me is if we lose somebody like Callum McGregor or even any other foreign players that are now away international, it could be. I think could be quite a catastrophic for the Celtic and, and possibly Scotland as well. Yeah, Andy, how nervous will club managers be? I think they probably always are at international yeah. break. How much worse will this one be? From a Celtic standpoint, it doesn't look great. Um, you know, I think we, I think it's fair to say that Celtic haven't been in their best form, especially in an attacking sense for for a number of weeks now. You know, we've gave them credit for for still finding that that good habit of digging out results when they're not playing well. But looking ahead to the old Firm game, you know, you're talking at there's four strikers, you're looking at Odson Edward who's going to be isolating for ten days, uh, could recover the day before the game, so probably not going to be fit to start. You're looking at Albina Yeti, who's uh, obviously injured as well, fitness wise yeah. and injured. You're looking at Lee Griffiths, who just made his first sub appearance in I think it was eight month, mm-hmm. nine month. And you're looking at Patrick Clamala, who's who's sort of had an up and down start to his Celtic career, so I think certainly in the attacking sense, although it's you know it's not been at the free flowing best over the last few weeks, it looks as if it's going to struggle even more. But um, even even to complement that, I think Ryan Christie's someone who's played off the front line and been a striking at points, and someone who's been you know sort of one of the form players of Celtic at the start of the season. So I think Neil Lennon's you know he's arguably got a bigger worry in his hand than Steve Clark right now. Yeah, I mean, Mark, the thing is though, I'd imagine that today will be a reminder, not that we needed it, but for every man, even for Stephen Gerrard, who hasn't had that that news yet, but. A reminder of just how easily it might come You know With Borna Barisic being away And Philip Palander mm. went away But I think he's now come back actually As a precaution um, And Stephen Davis And Alfredo Morelos And, and down the leagues you go And Motherwell yeah. have got Declan Gallagher And Stephen O'Donnell in the Scotland Ryan Porteous The list goes on Every international break's probably a cause of anxiety For club managers This one must be Different level yeah, um, and you only We turn on the TL every day And you're, you're looking at Sky Sports And the, the, the sportsmen and women all over the world in all different sports you just see it flashing up testing positive so it's not going away there's going to be more and more cases and it's just you know you're, you've got to keep your fingers crossed because it's something Gordon you can't control you cannot um, control it other than banning your players for going and, and literally you know locking them in, in, in handcuffs inside the, the house every day you know at some point you're going to be hit with it and you just hope that the, that the impact um, isn't great does Scotland still have enough mark without those players tomorrow? How much do you think it damages Scotland's chances? Um, I think it does quite a lot actually, with the, especially with injuries. I've just been reading as well. Mm-hmm. So with McKenna and the right was it Palmer, the right back, yep. he's out as well. Um, Kieran Tierney, these guys are big, big players. For me, obviously, I'm 
big Celtic fan. I know Ryan, Ryan Christie's a, a, quite a mobile player. He's quite a he's a very good link up player between the front man and the midfield. And to miss him out, uh, to also miss out Kieran Tierney, who I know there's a bit of a fight between him and Robertson, who plays on the left hand side, but he can also play right back. They were missing possibly two guys that could play on the right. Uh, and this is again, this is the most important uh, time to be a Scotland fan as well. So I think. I think we're going to. In my opinion, I think it's going to be a, an uphill battle for Scotland at the minute because you're going to be putting guys in there that are inexperienced, young Ryan Portis and guys like that. They like that, you know. And or you're trying. Or Andy, I think Andy's saying putting Ryan Jack to the right hand side. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys you're putting you're putting square pegs and round holes in, and you're you're wanting them to go out there and, and turn it on against uh, and not qualifiers that are going to determine if we go any further. You know, so I think it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, I mean. I think with the situation the Scotland squad's in right now, I think there's definitely going to be square pegs and round holes. I think you, you know, you're looking at the right back area. I think you know Palmer was a certainty to start. I think right now, similar to what I said about Declan Gallagher, I think Stephen O'Donnell's someone that's had a lot of credit over the last two or three years and deservedly so. But still, don't feel that he's hit his top form yet at Motherwell, albeit he was out of uh, out of football for a for a, uh, a period of time. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Ryan Jack play there. You know, he's played there. And, you know, plenty of times in his career. I think it is a different role when you play wing back. Um so to be honest, I wouldn't even I wouldn't be surprised to see Ryan Fraser there. I don't think it's his best position either, but I just think it's the situation of Scotland squad they're in just now. So you think knowing him as you do and he's actually played there for Scotland actually, um against the Netherlands at Petodre that time. Ryan Jack, you'd you'd back him again and, and do a job in that right hand side of defence, whether it be in a four or a, a sort of three. Yeah, I, d- I mean I don't think it's his best position, but I think he's certainly more than capable of playing there. You know, like you touched on there, he's played it Numerous times for Aberdeen, he's played there for Scotland, so he's got experience at uh, you know at the top level playing that position. So I'd have no doubts if Ryan Jack went in there tomorrow night in that position to do well. Andy already gave us his team, Mark. What would you yeah. go for given the the difficulties that we face? Uh, listen, you know the more I listen to the, the interview with Steve Clark that you played, Gordon. Uh, normally by this stage, Steve Clark would have the team picked. They've they've done their, their shape the day, their set pieces, everything. They'd have their classroom work. But I think tonight he'll have a sleepless night. I think he's got five major decisions. First of all, formation. And whether he goes 4 4 1 1 4 1 4 or 3 5 2, whatever it is, he's then got who's my right back slash right wing back? Who's my two central defenders? Who's my striker? And who's potentially mm. one of my remaining four midfielders? So, I, well, I would what would go, you go for then? Don't, right, don't so, worry about second guessing the manager. Um, what, what would I do? Uh, I would go. Four, four, one, four, one, and I would go David Marshall and goals, just purely for, for experience and big game mentality. Ryan Jack and Andy Robertson as my two fullbacks, and an untested partnership of Portis and Cooper. I don't think there's really any options there. I'd then go holding midfielder Scott McTominay, big game player, big game experience. Four in front of him: Ryan Fraser, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, and John Fleck. And I'd go. Dykes, McBurney or Shanklin I think you could put the serum <laughs> All three The serum in a hat And really pick one right. out But I'd give the nod to London Dykes <laughs> On the point that I said to Mark I don't think no matter what shape you play tomorrow night There's going to be a square peg and a round hole So you're looking at Mark's team there Sorry who did you have on the left hand side? Uh, Flick well, I'm sorry, can, whoever's best no, no. Whether you put McGregor out there Or you yeah, put no, McGinn out there the, the, fact the, the fact of the matter yeah. is he, he doesn't have a choice really. yeah. there's, no, there's no standout choice Because there's no Recognised winger within the squad And Ryan Fraser So no matter what Shape they play tomorrow night There's going to be a square peg In a round hole yep. Lyndon Dykes Is he in the driving seat Because of what he did last time I know that 
that Ollie McBurney's back in the squad He plays at the higher level That would maybe put him ahead in some people's minds um, who, who would get the nod for you? you I think you yeah, picked I Dykes said, Yeah, you? I said Lyndon Dykes I think purely off the back of his, his previous two performances uh, You know, getting that first Scotland goal I think is massive for him uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ollie McBurney but, uh, you know, if it's me, like I said, off the back of the last performance, I would give mm. Lyndon Dykes a nod. Uh, Stevie Clark says it is time to turn to plan B with various players out. He says, quite simply though, an opportunity for others to come in and make their mark. Obviously, I worked towards one team and, and now I'll have to change that. We, we have a training session after this press conference. Obviously, we were waiting on clarification on the situation. So we moved the training back to this afternoon. We now have... A little bit of time to, to work on one or two different things, um, one or two different players coming into the, the team that maybe didn't expect to play. So, although it's really disappointing for the ones that, that are not involved and have had to drop out because of the, the situation, for the ones who are going to get the chance to play, what an opportunity. Yeah? It's, it's something that's, that's there, it's in, it's in everybody's life now, so there's nothing we can do about that. We just have to adapt as, as much as we can, uh, be ready, I think, be prepared for it. Is probably the best way. And one of the speeches that I always give to the squad is how everybody who comes into the squad, I picked an extra large squad this time to to cover such eventualities. And I tell them all that they have to be ready to step in at any time because we need everybody. Life is a bit unfair at the moment, Mark. We always bear that in mind. But what about for Stevie Clark? I feel for- how. how- how tough is an international manager at the best of times? Because you, mm-hmm. your your preparation can get disrupted by various factors. Everything that's gone on in the last few months, mm-hmm. he's had a bit of stick um, yeah. for for recent performances. We got a couple of okay results, but for the performances, um, there's so you get the impression that he was kind of running out of goodwill amongst the, the Scotland fans based on the reaction to the last double header. Mm-hmm. And you now go into Scotland's biggest game in thirteen years. And this is the build-up for it This is the preparation No fans inside Hamden as well In case you'd forgotten Aye Look I really feel from you You go back to a month ago His first game in What 11 months um, Going back to November Listen it's the same for every uh, International manager but, f- but for our own international manager I really feel from Because I like him I think he's a good bloke uh, he's, And he's Top class at, at what he does I think the stick that he got In the back of the Czech Republic defeat And the players I didn't agree with it. At the end of the day, they won the game. It wasn't great, but they won the game on the road. And it doesn't matter what opposition the Czech Republic is out. Scotland won the game. And now get into this, um, you know, what what's happened in the past 24 hours, then get into the squad with, you know, losing um, like James Forrest, um, even Andy's teammate, Stephen A. Smith. You know, the circumstances of Hearts Football Club has not allowed Stephen A. Smith to be involved. And he would be an asset I'm not saying he would be a certain starter But he would be an asset to have around the play So all of these things are going against him And I just hope that he gets a result tomorrow I think Scotland will I think it's going to be very, very nervy But I think Steve Steve Clark deserves a break And I hope he gets it tomorrow night Let's try our best to look at the positives Andy, it's not easy at the moment But John McGinn Coming off arguably one of the results of his career Probably Maybe not in overall significance But the nature of it um, You know, c- coming into that that area. I know Ryan Christie and Stuart Armstrong's out, but we, we still have a lot of those midfield options. Do you still feel like there's cause for optimism? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um you know, I'm looking at the squad. I still think there's more than enough to beat Israel. You know, you look within the Israel squad, out with the players that play in our country, of course. I think you look at you know the boy Dabulfi Hoffenheim. I think in the first game he was impressive. Um I think it's the boy Zahavi, Zahari for PSV. Out with that, there's not really many big game names. I think you're looking ahead. You know, if, if they do get through mm-hmm. the game, potentially in Norway, now you're talking there's you know, a couple of world-class talents in there, but 
you know, I think touching on the Czech Republic game, I think Steve Clark would, would rip your arm off for a for a Czech Republic performance as long as he got the end result. So I think the result's all that matters tomorrow, but I feel that Scotland have got more than enough to win the game. Uh, let's bring in George in Wiltshire, see what he's got for us tonight. Hi, George. Hiya. How's yeah. Going? Sorry. No, we've got you, George. It's on just you go. on that point. Yeah. It's just on that point of uh, the six players out, right? I was uh, just wondering, do we actually have enough in our team pool to get by tomorrow, essentially? And um, if we don't, um, can we draft in players at the last minute? Uh, no would be the answer to that um, And again that will come down to testing I think I think it would be too late So just to remind, your, to remind us of the way it worked when the, t- when the players arrived at Orium The Scotland camp on Monday They were tested to allow them into the bubble If you like um, But then it was the supplementary UEFA test This morning um, That returned a positive result for Stuart Armstrong So the game's tomorrow Mark um, Even even if you wanted to I mean it's, it's Wednesday night You're now, you, you can't do it anyway But if you could it not sure how much it would really help. Stevie Clark said there that he called up a big squad initially to try and cope. I'm not sure he, he quite had this in mind when he was talking about having to cope, but but that's where we are. Yeah, and you know it, it was also the case because there's three games which you don't usually get, so he was quite right to bring in uh, an extra three uh, or four. Yeah, so uh, for, for what it's worth, by the way, I think we could draft him in for the next the two next games, one, but not but, for but not this one. Yeah, yeah, and look, go where you've got. He's worked with them the past couple of days. We are depleted, but we still have have. You know some really good options, some really good players, and you know, not in the starting lineup. The, the one that I've picked, and the one that Andy's picked. You know, like Callum Patterson, who's been a season campaigner. One of these guys that you know could play centre forward, could play right, right wing back, could play right back. He might be, he might be right in the frame um, for tomorrow night. Um, now, guys so like Kenny McLean, Kenny, and Kenny McLean, none of you have mentioned um, as well. Who a top performer, I really like um, Kenny McLean. I think he's got a lot uh, to offer. So yeah, they're. There's plenty um, there, um, but we go with what we've got, and I think we've got to. I think we'll get a result mm. tomorrow night. But like I say, it's uh, it's going to be a nervy one. What's your own take on it, George? Looking at the players we've got out, do you think we've got enough to get by? I hope so. I mean, I'm always like an eternal optimist with Scotland, rightly or wrongly, but um, I hope so. Um, uh, as you say, this is a big one uh, tomorrow. Um, I really hope that uh, we attack from the off because we're better um, starting off, you know, press, you know, attacking our opponents and then getting a, a good hold of the game. Formation, um, you know, uh, we've talked about that for months and months. So um, I just hope that Stevie Clark tells his players, like, staying to you guys. Attack them from the off Take your goal scoring opportunities And let's let's get a positive result I like it George I like your positivity Thank you very much That was George in Wiltshire 01419511025 We're going to get travel And that means we could be speaking to you next Give us a call 01419511025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday's here Mark Guidi is alongside them and we're working our way through what's been quite the day in Scottish football. Just a reminder of the headlines. Stuart Armstrong testing positive for coronavirus. He's out of Scotland's crunch qualifier against Israel. 
And he's joined by Ryan Christie and Kieran Tierney They've been told to self-isolate uh, For 14 days as a result This comes hot in the heels of Odson Edward Last night it was revealed that he's tested positive And he is very much touch and go For the Rangers game on the 17th I think Technically he'll be back the day before and, and therefore could play But it goes without saying It's not exactly ideal preparation Let's bring in William on the line And see what he makes of it all Hi William Hello, good evening, guys. How are you doing? Not bad at all. How are you? It's not bad. Good. <laughs> good. Bad. Apart from the obvious. Aye. Uh, uh, it's just something Mark touched on at the beginning of the programme. He was talking about uh, Israel. Israel how, uh, worrying about Israel. Scotland should worry about what Israel are going to do. But I think Israel are probably in a worse position than we are. You know, I think they've had so many guys pull out as well. And, and, and I think they've got uh, like six or seven uh, first caps. So I think Israel are sort of on the same boat as us, you know, I think. And, and uh, is it Hardy, Andy Hardy, he's, he's talking about the round holes and square holes and all that. So I just think sometimes you've got to look at it and maybe think, if you pick your best 11, and pick your best 11 players and have a formation or don't have a formation and just pick your best 11, I think. I don't think it's went as far as that yet, but I think it's going that way. When you consider the next couple of games, you know, I think the Czech Republic have, I think Victoria Paulson's three players for Victoria, Victoria Paulson, for the Victoria Paulson squad. So I think every country's in the sort of the same boat and it is starting to get a bit of a mismatch uh, between squads and how you can put a formation out. I mean, I, I think it's not, I'm not talking about freestyling it in the morning, night, but I'm talking about <laughs> maybe you've just got to... What sort of t- what sort of team would you pick, William? Because like you say, I don't think we're anywhere near that yet. We might need to play one or two in a slightly less than ideal position, but there's a big squad there for a reason. Who would you go for? I think I would look at it and say to myself, what what players I, I, I wouldn't drop. I, I think that you would go for there, and players that I wouldn't drop would probably be McGinn, uh, Dykes for the last the last time he played, and then go for there. Robertson, obviously captain. So I would go for there. Porteous maybe. I don't think I would bring Porteous in. I would probably bring I, I, probably Cooper. Uh, but who plays alongside him then? Because you need another one at least. I know. I know Gallagher's not played well. You know. I, I know Gallagher's not played from well for Motherwell, but for me, he's, he's probably get. It's a pick between the two of them. Yeah. I think you know that, between that, Porteous and, and Gallagher. You know. I, yeah. I mean Gallagher's got a couple of caps Mark um, Which is a couple more than Porteous Based mm-hmm. on this season's form It, it maybe would be Porteous uh, Apart from his own goal and penalty giveaway In the last 10 minutes <laughs> we'll, we'll gloss over that from the previous game Yeah I mean just uh, I think first and foremost to, to elaborate on the point I made earlier That Williams brought up That's exactly the main thing that I was talking about He's got to look at the strengths of De Boer Who is a top striker And say who do I think is best to cope with him Am I best having three safety numbers Am I best having two Who's my best two Is it Liam Cooper plus one Is it bum, 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 bum. So that's what I'm talking about You look at the main strengths of Israel And then you need to Do what you can to combat that Then the rest What I would do for sure And I agree with you uh, William In the ten, the 10 outfield players For me There's got to be six Certain starters Because of their experience And their game know-how Now where you actually play those six I don't know But you know In no particular order Ryan Jack, Andy Robertson, Ryan Fraser, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, and Scott McTominay for me all need they to definitely start the game. Play. Yes, and then you fit them around, and then you pick your striker, you you pick your two centre halves, however you're going to do it. Uh, 
And on we go from there So that's what I would do Pick those six Obviously the goalie David Marshall picks himself Out of the ten Pick those six But your central defence or, or your back three Whatever way you go You would need to take into account The, the strength of, the, of the, uh, the Israel striker William with your Celtic hat on And not losing sight of the, the, the main consideration here We wish Odson Edward well He's actually tested positive We hope he's okay His health is the most important thing On a football context though what was going through your head when you, you heard that he would likely miss the Rangers game or is certainly touch and go for it? Well, I know his form hasn't been great recently and, and, and Neil Lennon said that. He said and he's, he's not been playing him for the 90 minutes. So and I, I've, been saying, I've been saying that Celtic have got uh, great attacking options in all areas, you know. So I can't really go back in that, you know. I mean, but I think of Christie being out as well, I think to myself, OK... Uh, you're hoping that you're not going to get any mayor coming back for the year at the the, the international. So like Elanusi and other guys, I think we've got thirteen, fourteen guys in international duty. So you're hoping that <laughs> you're hoping, and you're nearly nearly in shoes. You think to yourself that he's got one day to train mm-hmm. before they get the, the big game, and you think to yourself you're hoping he's not going to lose any more, you know. But I just look at it and I say. My mind's on the Scotland game. It's not really on the on the the league game yet, you know. So I, my mind's really on the Scotland games, you know. And I think to myself, it's starting to get a wee. There was a caller on earlier saying that they shouldn't have done it, but it's starting to get that way, you know. When players that you can't play your best teams and things like that, you know. See if it gets to that point. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if yeah. if games should be played. You know, I I'm just I'm just. I'm still focusing on the Scotland game just now. I'm not really even thinking about the the, the league game at the moment, you know. But if we, if we get any more, then it's going to be easier to pick the Celtic side than it's going to be the Scotland side, you know. I, I like William's focus on one game at a time because uh, William, I think you'll be in a pretty small club. We've had people on for five days already asking for predictions. And it actually, that kind of goes back to what I think what we, we brought up when someone asked that. It's all right saying right now, who do you think is going to win the game in the 17th? Who's in the best form? Today should be a reminder How on earth are you supposed to predict a game yeah. At the moment We don't really know who's going to come back And who's going to be fit and available Yeah and I don't think I wouldn't be surprised to see You know More headlines hitting us Before the Before the old firm game The 17th of October So Yeah like we said It's the it's the nation's biggest game in 13 years So They're certainly not, uh, not going to rub over it And look ahead to the old firm game But It's not ideal times for Steve Clark I don't think anyone's disagreeing with that But yeah, like I said, I do still think that that Scotland have more than enough to win the game. It's you know that you know we're talking about the shapes and the formations. I I have no doubt that if if Tierney was uh, fit, you know, ever since the Scotland squad you know joined up mm-hmm. with Steve Clark and his staff, that they were preparing for a five at the back. So I think the early preparations were already done in terms of their shape. Mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be the personnel mm-hmm. now. It's going to be different. On odds and Edward Mark, the French Football Federation announced that he had tested positive. He is going to remain isolated. He's going to remain there in in, in France for ten days, which would see him come back on the Friday the sixteenth. The game is lunchtime. Saturday the seventeenth. Anyway, he starts the game. In your yeah. mind, well, I, I think it's still I, possible. I, I I think Neil Lennon will choose Edward or not. Based on form I don't think The fact that You think this plays a part No No I think he'll, he'll choose. If he really believes He's up He'll, he'll play him He'll just Do you know what Yeah Okay you've no you've, but you're, you're, you're fine But if he doesn't play him I don't think it'll be Or doesn't start him I don't think it'll be Because he's been missing For 10 days I think it'll be because He's just think You know what Your recent form's not ready Griffiths has looked good Or Ajeti's looked good Or whatever it may be I think um, 
a tough one. I think he'll start them. I think he'll go with them. I can't see him starting. No, ten days in isolation in a hotel room. Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if he starts. The fact of the matter is, his hands might be tied that much that he has to start. Because, like I've said, the, if a yet he's not fitting, yeah, so. if a yet he's not fitting. You know, the argument is, is is Lee Griffiths who's played one made one appearance in nine months is he fitter than you know, an Odson Edward that's been isolating for 10 days I don't know I, it's, it's certainly not the ideal situation for, for Neil Lennon but I'd be surprised personally if Edward starts Yeah Celtic have updated things today saying they're disappointed and frustrated to learn of the Scotland news however our overriding concern is the health of the players and the staff disappointing that this has arisen during international break it's something which shows many challenges clubs currently face Celtic's rigorous testing programme continues And here's the, the big line if you like The Celtic squad based at Lennox Town Have all again returned negative test results today In addition All other players currently on international duty Out with Odson Have reported negative tests So we'll watch that one with interest in the coming days Thanks to William Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Producer Dan's not happy We're a bit late for Beat the Pundit A bit late for the news But nevertheless we're here It's your chance to take on Andy Halliday Or Mark Guidi And win a signed ball 0141 951 1025 Beat the Pundit's next You need to call before 7 Tackle the headlines 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Mark Guidi and Andy Halliday are here Lots to get through tonight We've got Scotland's biggest game in 13 years tomorrow But all of a sudden the squad is ravaged due to injury And coronavirus restrictions No fans can get in And it feels like the game is just sort of creeping up on us So let's try and uh, keep previewing that one Of course knock-on effects with these coronavirus restrictions For the Celtic Rangers game On the 17th we had the Betfred Cup It kicked off last night And we've got more games in that competition tonight as well So we'll turn our attention to some of those After we do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Beat the Pundit time Ryan in shots is taking it uh, Giving it a go tonight Hi Ryan, how's it going? I'm good, how are you doing? You alright? Yeah, not too bad at all Ryan I, I, I don't know what it is Ryan Something about this week Loads of people are phoning in for the first time are you another one that's just sat there for ages shouting at the radio and thinks you could do this? It is, aye. Sometimes I do alright, sometimes I do hopeless, but I'll get a wee bashy how I go on. To be honest, that's fine. Uh, right, let's find out who you're up against. Heads, you'll take on Mark. Tails, it'll be Andy Halliday. It's Heads, Mark Guidi up against Ryan. Andy Halliday told me during the break that he was nervous tonight and he was hoping he was good. And he's, he's decent as well, I think. He's got 100% record. I that? just don't feel as up to date a recent. Because um, you're back playing events. Now. That's so if, if there was see. any recent question, I think I'd struggle. But ah, I've oh. already got my pen ready to answer them anyway. So He takes this really seriously. But you've <laughs> never this seen part. this before. <laughs> I, honestly, this I, heard, I heard the. He loves it. No, in fact, you were saying it like I was texting. I like that. Anyway, I'll give you some Clyde two to listen to Mark, and that way we can just a bit of privacy, Ryan, so that he can't hear your answers. Thirty seconds on the clock. You can pass. That is all you need to know. So just be quick and pass if you're unsure. All right. All right. Let's go for it. Right. Let's do it. Thirty seconds starts now. <sighs> Who won more Scotland caps, Christian Daly or Morris Malpass? Daly. Which Scottish side play their home games at Glebe Park? Uh, um, Queen's Park. What's Ryan Jack's Rangers shirt number? Eight. Who's the Everton manager? 
Ah, uh, pass. Name any of Celtic's Europa League group stage opponents this season. Like Poznan. Which club did Real Madrid sign Luka Modric from? Uh, oh, you should have just guessed It was the last one Let's bring Mark Guidi back Mark can you hear us? Yes got you Right same Gordon. set of questions to you 30 seconds Starts Now Who won more Scotland caps Christian Daly or Morris Malpass? Right, Morris Malpass Which Scottish side play their home games At Glebe Park? Breaking What is Ryan Jack's Rangers shirt number? Uh, six Who is the Everton manager? Uh, Carlo Ancelotti Name any of Celtic's Europa League group stage opponents AC Milan Which club did Real Madrid sign Luka Modric from? Spurs Which Scottish side did Alexei Eremenko play for? Kilmarnock And who is the most expensive Scottish player of all time? Uh, Kieran Tierney Okay, okay What's the verdict, Ryan? Yeah, I think that was one of my hopeless nights anyway. <laughs> I don't think hopeless I think room for improvement would go on the report card I don't think it was hopeless You ran out of time You didn't get quite as far as Mark uh, You did though Get off to a winning start Because Christian Daly has 67 caps Morris Malpass 55 mm. uh, So it is 1-0 to Ryan Equaliser straight away Breakin City Mark Wilson's Breakin City Ryan uh, It's the Mark Wilson derby tonight as well Dundee United Yes visit, the, the, visit yep. Simon Simon Donnelly Going back to yeah, Play against his right. old club yep. the, 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 the big game in the Betfred tonight So your level Ryan then goes back in front Because Ryan Jack's number is 8 So it's 2 It's end, end to end If you if beat the pundit It could yep. be end to end Because Mark then equalised again Carlo Ancelotti It's 2 all After 4 questions Name any yeah, of of Celtic's Europa League group stage opponents Ryan Celtic's group you d- nah, No I mean just mind Rangers daft Rangers in the brain you were You went like Poznan You had the choice of AC Milan Lille Or Sparta Prague So Mark moves one in front And it then all went a bit downhill from there Tottenham For Luka Modric That was your end Your run ended there Eremenko for Kilmarnock And Tierney uh, was the most expen- is the most expensive Scottish player of all time So it's a 6 for Mark And a 2 for you Ryan You were well in it up to a certain point Then he just fell away Hard lines Lucky Ryan Decent start Decent anyway, start We'll have you back another time That was Ryan in shots Go on then Andy He was like that See that smart Alec at the front of the classroom Holding up their answers That's what he was doing there what you get, sh- sh- I mean I can, I can tell you Or I can show you Go on then Let's see 8 out of 8 8 aye Honestly Different they see, need to be nervous Easy when there's no pressure on the market. Eh? Oh, no, I 100% agree It's a completely different game when you're, when you're on the spot Right but, but when, when you were just saying Right I meant to ask him if, if Ryan ever goes to see Shots Juniors play Remember I played two games for Shots Juniors What oh, did you? Two games I used to go and watch them yeah. How did, did you? they go yeah, and watch Hannah Park? Yep what Two games when, when John Clapp was the manager And Frank McGarvey was playing She was going back to what 1992 No 93-94 mm-hmm. I played for I lasted two games I get my signing up fee And John was like It was working away We'll see you later And that was me That was my That was my career Finished I've been journalism. a few times The year they won the Junior Cup When would that be? Uh, 24 and it was, 16, Do you remember the goalkeeper Rab McCulloch? No And You've... Rab was injured And they, they drafted us in For a, a couple of games uh, And I was I was um, up to my usual form Hopeless There we go 01419511025 At least he's honest We're on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB Any thoughts on The coronavirus impact on football On the Scotland game tomorrow Mark and Andy have picked their team Who would you like to see play It is impossible to think about Odson Edward and Ryan Christie And not consider what that might mean for 
the Rangers visit to Celtic on the 17th so any of those topics get your calls in and let us know we do have Betfred Cup games tonight it kicked off last night it's been a long old spell out for the lower league sides and Andy Haldy you played you came on for Hearts uh, against Inverness how was it? Yeah it was good it was just good to get back out there first and foremost uh, first experience in, in playing in front of no crowds uh, definitely different uh, Bad, can, different I assume Oh, well, listen, everybody wants fans in the stadium That's why you play football um, You know, there was periods of the game where You know, went a bit flat, which to be expected But I think, you know, the gaffer said after the game It's the first competitive game for the boys in 210 days So, so I mean, after that, the only thing you're interested in is the win So it's it's good to, to get off to a positive start Wait, uh, Andy, did you play against Leverkusen? So forgive me, did you play against Leverkusen? Rangers no, last game. No. So when was your last game then? For- My last game was... The last game I played... Somebody might need to tell me, to be honest, but I, I think it was... He mid- knows his trivia, he just doesn't know his own <laughs> trivia. I think, February, was, February. I think it was middle of February, yeah. Wow. Well, obviously the lockdown, we went into lockdown in the middle of March, but... I didn't play any of the last sort of three, four games. So, so I think it was in middle of February. How did you find even just that half hour last night? How did you find it? Honestly, I felt like what you were saying, you felt like after five the other <laughs> night, to be honest. But <laughs> to be expected, I suppose. Aye. But in all, in, in all honesty, I think it, I felt fitter than what I, what I perceived I was going to. Um, I think it's just a lack of sharpness more than yeah. anything. You know, your mind's telling you to do something and your feet's not reacting quick enough. So. Um, felt what, better than I thought I would But uh-huh. it would take a bit of time mm. To get up to full speed What's that process like then To try and get up to full speed Because I, I don't know What your recovery regime is like But you limped in here on Friday Having <laughs> played a friendly And said you know that's I've, uh, I've come back too quickly He was limping <laughs> He was bandaged up was, And that, then I saw you come on last night And I'm thinking Right what, what's he been up to It was an incredible recovery time. Right <laughs> How'd you manage that? <laughs> it was a fine line between Trying to get fit And no one to miss any football Unfortunately But um, I mean the, Listen the way you're going to get fit Is to to train as hard as you can every day and, and, and be available for, for as many minutes as possible. So it's uh, technically I'm eight weeks behind the boys. I don't think you can really you know, fast track a, a pre-season mm. process. So it's just a case of, I try to manage my body first and foremost because the, the one thing I don't want to do is uh, pull up with any serious injury because I want to try and contribute to hearts as much as possible, as early as possible. So uh, it's just trying to be a bit clever, which... Coming for govern, I'm no very so I need somebody to hold my hand on that part. What's the what's it like generally at Hearts this season? Because I'd imagine the expectations are through the roof, not only because quite simply they're hearts and they're in the championship, but then the squad that's been assembled there on top of that. Craig Gordon, Stephen Naismith, Liam Boyce, Craig Halkett, you've gone in having won the championship before as well and, and played at Rangers where you're expected to win every game. Is that going to be similar at Hearts this season? I think it's pressure and an expectation we're putting on ourselves as well because we know the quality we've got within the squad. Um, you know, Hearts are in a, a false position. I don't think there's any doubt about it. They're certainly not a championship sized club. Um, so, uh, like I said, I think there's expectations in ourselves every single day to try and drive a winning mentality. I think you look at, you know, they've played quite a number of friendlies. I think it's seven or eight, and they've won every single one. So they've already got that that winning mentality rolling. So I think it was just more important to, you know, no matter the performance, which, to be honest, I thought we played really well in spells last night, especially the first half. but it's always good to just kick mm. off a start to, to and can start you season. in that dressing room can you can you sense that can you feel that level of experience Naismith and Gordon would be the the obvious ones is that apparent straight away yeah which I think helps as well especially experience because you know the I think the squad of players that were there, there last year you know I think ultimately the uh, you know the the performances in terms of a team weren't great so I think you know the experienced players like like Nasey and the likes of Craig Gordon come in it's, they realise it's a fresh start for the club new manager new staff new players and 
it's all it's all about just trying to get Hearts back into the top flight the first of ask, uh, first time I ask him. Can, can you tell us Andy, I, I know of, of of Robbie Nielsen and, and the reputation he's carved out as a as, as a coach making again. I know how hard he works his his staff and mm-hmm. his his squad, but I get a wee insight into his man management a couple of weeks on another radio station when I was listening and it was your signing. And the way he talked to you, I thought, God, if I'm Andy Halliday, I'm feeling 10 feet tall, the way the manager, I don't know if you heard the interview or, or read it, but just what likes his, his man management along with, with Lee McCulloch and, and how they handle the guys? Yeah, superb. I said it in my, my initial interview where I think he was a, a big, big part of the reason why I wanted to, to see my immediate future at Hearts. And I think, you know, he realises my situation just now as well. And I think he's been brilliant with that. He's, uh, he's trying to manage myself as well as other players within the squad, being at, you know, a different level in terms of, in terms of fitness just now but you know Jig as well he, he compromises that I know what Jig was like as a, as a guy he's, you know, he's loud he's full of ass he's full of jokes which is a brilliant sort of stopgap between staff and players if, if morale's low he's, he's going to be one that I've no doubt is going to pick it back up but you know, it's it's all it's all you know guns blazing just now it's a, it's a happy place the boys have got off to a good start but yeah you know, the gaffer was a big reason why I well, yeah, I chose the same for Hearts Mark there's a dark cloud over the League Cup as well though we had two forfeitures last yeah. night for for um and Dundee game obviously forfeited a 3-0 win given to Dundee same with the Falkirk Kilmarnock game um, standout results on the night Andy's Hearts getting a 1-0 win against Inverness um, I think the obvious one is Annan 3 Hamilton yeah, 1 yeah. and I noticed the Hamilton Ackies fans on social media last night not too impressed with, with what they're seeing and a bit of criticism for Brian Rice yeah but, I mean that was a shock result you know I mean we, we kind of expect Hamilton to lose, you know, more games than not when they're playing in the league. But even though they've, they've survived and credit to them for five, uh, for five years for doing that, but yeah, to lose Cena and yeah, you know, three one, they pulled sorry, one back in the end. Yeah, uh, Betfred Cup or not? Yeah, I, I agree, that's not acceptable. And, and Brian Rice and the players will be feeling the same. They'll be feeling embarrassed uh, about that result. And they've got to make make up for that and make sure they get uh, positive results in, in this cup because they're expected to get through mm-hmm. from that section. Yeah, some fascinating fixtures tonight. I mean, all, all different ends of the the spectrum. Hibs against Brora, you know, so that's a, a huge chance for for Brora to cause an upset, albeit against one of the Premiership's informed sides. Um, Kelty against St Johnston. So remember the these two sides in the Betfred Cup this season. Uh, St Mirren Partick Thistle That's yeah, a cracker, cracker for us yeah. You know local It's got a real local feel to it And um, St Mirren not having a great time of it either I wonder um, mm. You know just how much Jim Goodwin could be doing yeah. With a win there tonight Yeah he does Jim Goodwin With the first to admit that He, he needs a win Is it five league defeats? Six um, Six league defeats in a row So yeah Jim knows that Jim's a he's, I think he's a really good manager I think he's right For St Mirren But he's also uh, a realist And uh, he'll know that he'll need to start picking up uh, victories um, It's a blow from uh, Losing Kyle uh, McGuinness But I think they've managed to, to add well I think he's recruited well You know Richard Tate Marcus Fraser Getting Lee Irwin in as well I think Lee Irwin's A handful And uh, He'll do uh, He'll do well Joe Shaughnessy um, You know the goalkeeper As well Anrick So no, I think St Mirren will, will get there And uh, I'm sure they will But I hope that The, the board And the, the people in power there um, stand by Jim But yeah You'll have to start getting results And tonight's the best time to start uh, Right Andy Mikey informs me Your last game was a 2-2 draw Against St Johnson On the 23rd of February mm-hmm. So there we go You'll not forget that In a hurry Thank What a great last game eh? ah, bro, We're <laughs> now on a high uh, 0141951 Ian is in Cumbernauld He's got some interesting thoughts On this big game Coming up on the 17th We'll speak to Ian next Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here We're about to speak to Ian in Cumbernaul But let's set up tonight's full-time teaser at no disrespect to those of you who make the brave decision to call in, but the longer this goes on, I'm getting convinced that Andy Halliday only comes in for the full time teaser. It's <laughs> all he talks about for the moment he comes in, the moment he leaves. Um, so let's see how you get on with John's question tonight. It's a tough one. Uh, we're looking for eight players with over a hundred international caps who've managed in England since 1992. Now let me just clarify something The team that they've managed Must have been in the English Premier League At some point So it's a team you're kind of familiar with With being in the top flight Name eight players With over 100 international caps Any country uh-huh. Who have managed in England Since 1992 The team they've managed Must have been in the English Premier League At some point right. okay. Good question again I took a couple of the tricky ones out Just to Without last wee sentence Just hey, to make it a bit easier for you I'll, I'll have a wee stab at one Sort of Slavin Bilic No I, I've got a few stabs But I don't know if I want to dive in with them yet Always dive in right. oh, Pochettino No Fiali No Bear Hill, Hill, oh, No 100 caps is quite something uh, is, I'll, tell, I'll tell you one right now I'll tell you one right now Frank Dubur Yes Who was he manager of? Crystal Palace He was 112 Netherlands caps Well done so you're on the right track Eight players with over 100 caps for any country Who have managed in England since 92 And the team they've managed Must have been in the English Premier League At some point Over that period Yes, that is That's, This might be miles off it You don't have to say that every time Just no, guess but it might We be. won't laugh at you Because I, I'm well, trying to think The most capped Scottish player ever But yeah. Dalglish yeah. Bang on yes. Well done right. Kenny Dalglish yeah. 102 caps Liverpool, Blackburn and Newcastle Believe me See whatever you think Is a bad a bad attempt We've heard worse worse. Oh right, believe me Right Believe me um, Right Two of eight well, That's no, not bad No I said one last week That was terrible Remember I think it wasn't even his name I think that rings a bell But no I've still heard worse Honestly I, It might have been It was a question with a Z in it And my guy didn't even have a Z in his name <laughs> No no it was, a, it was I'll tell you what it was It was Izzy Muzzit Izzy Muzzit <laughs> That is it uh, There we go Right let's bring in Ian Who's in Cumbernauld Hi Ian Hi Gob Mark and Andy uh, Just a quick follow On the restrictions Announced by the government today mm-hmm. And existing restrictions On visiting people's phones There's no chance that this scheme will go ahead uh, is basically due to pubs being closed people are all going to go and visit each other's houses uh, after one I've never watched a Celtic Rangers game alone in my life <laughs> this could be the first one Ian yeah no it wouldn't be you'll be shouting at the telly uh, yeah, yeah I, I get I get those concerns Mark Ian's uh, his line wasn't great there yeah. but basically saying now because of what the government have announced Today Increased restrictions um, Thinks that puts an extra strain Or a risk on the old firm game Because people will Will go to houses To watch it together And First of all Let me be pretty clear Don't do that Don't break the rules I certainly can't um, Advise you anything Other than that And Mark That that might happen But Is it really going to have A knock on effect To cancel the game You wouldn't have thought so At this no, stage the, the, the game will go The game will go ahead Unless you know Both, both sides lose Six seven players um, over the next ten days, um, or one of the sides lose six or seven players. So, uh, in terms of uh, people all congregating together to watch the game, as Ian suggested, you can't stop that. All, all the government and football can do, as you've just done, Gordon, is advise to follow the guidelines and, and good practice. But if four or five people want to get together in a house, you know, 
they want to break the rules then you know they can do it you know you really Please can don't. do it but don't do it so um, but that apart whether you're, you're watching it yourself or you watched it with your son your dad your uncle your brother your auntie your granny enjoy the game you know it'll be a cracking game the first old firm game since December um, 29th when, when Rangers won 2-1 at Celtic Park It's going to be a market It's the last round It's the last game Of the first mm-hmm. round of fixture So we get an idea Of where uh, The clubs are, are going to be And uh, I think that, that Both teams Going to it um, On a high And I think Rangers In particular uh, Going to the game um, On a high But Celtic at home Never ruled them out But it'll be very strange As Andy just mentioned They're playing for Hearts Last night You know To, to see a Celtic Rangers game With not a single fan uh, In the ground it, It's a it's a proper leveller because at Celtic Park normally it would be you know fifty eight thousand Celtic fans and seven hundred Rangers fans, but that wasn't an obstacle for Rangers the last time because they won the game and they won it comfortably. Ian, it's quite difficult to to kind of speculate on this. I don't think you'll be alone. I think loads of people are, are jumping to that conclusion. But we should be clear: we're not seeing anything to to suggest that. I, I've not heard a single thing to suggest that professional football fixtures are going to have to be cancelled. Because of what it might or might not Cause people to do in their homes Are we not making a bit of a leap Are we getting ahead of ourselves a little bit? Yeah probably right Gordon But and I'm, I hope Mark's correct And the game does go ahead But I just think the government The way they're going at the moment I just think that they're going to actually Pull this and maybe put it down As a public health issue Because people are going to get together And watch this game There's no doubt about that I mean the problem with that is Andy I, I don't know again we're, we're just, We are just speculating and it's tough But Professional sports allowed to go ahead. That that's what the message was today. Um, Mark Weedy and his six asides. Me and my attempts at playing amateur football on a Saturday morning. These things have been curtailed for now. Um, can we really imagine a situation where they cherry pick that one fixture just because a lot of people are going to watch it? I mean, I, all I could really say is just to echo what Mark says. I think the only thing that's going to mean that takes place is is the fact that we might see. More cases over the next coming days. And, yeah, so it would be uh, a footballing thing rather yeah, than what would happen. Yeah, definitely. I think. I think once we knew that there was a huge possibility that there was going to be no fans in um, in the stadiums, especially for the first Old Firm game, you always had that thought. Well, if they're not going to the game, where are they going? They're probably going to go to the pub to watch the game. So, um, you know, there's there's obviously been a bit um, more restrictions in place to try and curtail that. But from a, from a football standpoint. Uh, you know, fingers crossed. There's certainly no more cases mm-hmm. than the two clubs, and, and I think the game will certainly go ahead. They're not unique. Every club's had to deal with it. Every club's had to deal with the different intensity levels of playing without fans. There is a glaringly obvious one here, though, because it is the biggest fixture and it's the loudest fixture and it's the most passionate and all, all the rest of it. It's got the big build-up. How do you think that game? Will, what will it be like with no fans having played in them? I mean, not special. Let's be honest, because. You know, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind it's the it's the biggest derby worldwide in my opinion, and uh, a huge part of that is is because of the passion within the stands. So, you know, minus that, it's certainly not going to have the the same competitive edge. But you know, I think every player from both sides knows how important the season is. So, I think it's certainly going to have the same competitive spirit. But in terms of the, you know, the you know the the what's the word I'm looking for the. I'll help you out You need to keep going a bit more And then I'll get the The site site. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know Mark Is this this the teaser? Start Uh, again So never mind (laughs) What what people are watching They watch it for the passion And the fans And uh, obviously the rivalry Within the The spectacle The the spectacle The spectacle That's the one I was looking for I like that Uh, So the spectacle that the old firm's got Worldwide Mm -hmm. is 
is uh, you know what makes it so special. So minus the fans, uh, you know, it's yeah. it's not going to be the same. Uh, all right, Ian. Hopefully, it certainly doesn't come to that. That was Ian in Cumbernauld on oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. See, see on that. Can I just ask um, Andy one one question on a, on a, a former Rangers teammate? And forgive me if you've already. Asked him, but there's you been one or two said that maybe the likes of James Tavernier and maybe Ryan Kent, who've both been in brilliant form since the start of the new season, that's maybe suited them no having fans, maybe been relaxed a wee bit more. Do you buy into that, Andy? Is there maybe something in that? For me, no, not no. at all. I think it, let's let's take Ryan Kent. You've just mentioned, for example, I think he's been Rangers' best player in the last four old Fulham games. So uh, he's someone. But him and and uh, James Tavernier they've shown they've they've shown themselves up in the big occasions. You look at European football as well, some of their performances. So I certainly don't buy into that. I think it's the opposite. I actually think without fans, you're seeing more you're seeing more mistakes from personnel across big clubs across Europe. Never mind anything. Like no, we, mm-hmm. um, Gordon mentioned earlier on the show the incredible result that we've seen at the weekend between Aston Villa and Liverpool. Virgil Van Dijk, he's been in the talking and an argument of being the best centre half in the world. He's probably made more mistakes since there's been no fans in the stadium than he did for the previous 10 years of his career. So I actually think it's the opposite. Uh, right, we've had a statement now from Celtic um, regarding Ryan Christie, and it's very similar to the one that Kieran Tierney and Arsenal issued earlier on. And this just, again, more questions than answers, really. Following today's news regarding Ryan Christie, he has reiterated his adherence to all relevant protocols whilst on international duty. Celtic confirms it aims to open dialogue with the Scottish government and other authorities to fully understand the self-isolation procedures for these players who continue to deliver negative results as Ryan has. Ryan said, I'm disappointed by the events today, potential effects this could have on my country and club. I've operated within these protocols for such a long time. I'm well aware of the rules and social distancing from teammates has become the norm and something I have observed. The situation is very frustrating, particularly as I don't believe I have done anything wrong. Yeah. That's Ryan Christie. Um, my understanding as well, Mark, is that Kieran Tierney is absolutely adamant that he has not gone yeah. too close to Stuart Armstrong, yet they're both been told. Now, <laughs> this leaves everyone in a pretty difficult position because... The N- you have to put an element of trust in the NHS and the job that, and by the way as a whole they've obviously done a fantastic job throughout mm-hmm. all of this so mm-hmm. I'm not sure we get much from opening any sort of war of words against the N- NHS but both of these players are adamant that they've not been close to Stuart Armstrong but they've been told to self-isolate and will miss massive games for club and country Well it, it looks as though with Arsenal State and, and, and Celtic and it's kind of a wee bit in what I touched on earlier that the clubs aren't going to take this line down they're wanting and they're basically wanting an investigation they're not just going to accept and they've got the word of the players um, not that's to say that we don't believe in, in the signs and the results that come back from the NHS but that said the clubs ain't taking this quietly first and foremost Steve Clark has missed out on two very very good players that could help Scotland win the game tomorrow night Kieran Tierney and Ryan Christie then you fast forward that the, the, the club games come into it uh, the, the weekend after Nick so um, they're looking for answers and they're not going to take this quietly and as you said if, if uh, you get information that, that Kieran Tierney is, is absolutely raging about this you can see the, the frustration and you know, it, it's understandable they're missing out in a mm. massive massive game tomorrow at the same time Andy I really don't want to get the tone of this wrong rules are rules and it would be the same for anyone out there I mean we put footballers in, in this sort of pedestal and, and really important position because of the, the size of the games that we are talking about but if me or if 
Anyone out there on a building site Or in a factory or a shop Was contacted by track and trace And told to self-isolate They would need to do it They wouldn't get to yeah. kick up a big fuss And look to, to shift the goalposts So it's a, it's a delicate one It's probably a, a stab at the dart by, by both clubs They, they know that the they're obviously missing some key players for, for key fixtures coming up but from a player's standpoint they must be so frustrated mm-hmm. as well if, if, if they feel as if they have you know followed the protocols to, to the best of their ability and, and they're still going to miss out in these two big games I do feel for them similarly like we said that you know St Mirren in the past and, and Kilmarnock if their investigation comes back everything's mm-hmm. clear you do have sympathy for the players and for the clubs but it's something that we're going to see for mm-hmm. for the coming weeks and the coming months to, uh, ahead and it's just like you said it's if the NHS have made this decision through, um, through the right protocols, then there's not, unfortunately there's nothing you can do. Yeah, and just to pick holes in my own comparison about everyone else out there in a factory or whatever, I suppose the difference there would be that they're not getting tested twice a week, whereas the footballers are, and that's where the frustration comes from. Anyway, Frank is in Mary Hill. What have you got for us tonight, Frank? Hi, um, Gordon. <clears throat> no, Andy, Andy, Andy. You were doing so well with your media career there up to that last caller there. <laughs> and, I know. I told you, what did I tell you about that government education? Well, you need to stop trying what, using words more than two syllables, for <laughs> That's your problem. That's so, a bit rude, Frank. Anyway, Come on. My, 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 my first, my first um, question is just to you, Andy. First of all, then I'd like another question to both to both the guys. First of all, Andy, I mean, obviously Celtic, my, my club, haven't started the season. I think they've only played really in one game, that was Hibs. So we really haven't got a second gear, you might say. And um, Rangers on, on the other side have played really well, playing good for them. They know what they're doing, they're, they're, on, a, they're on a run. Um, and they're probably showing their best hand at the moment that they've got. And as a Rangers fan, I know you play for Hearts, but I'll be your Rangers hat on, Andy. Do you think, does that worry you that a club that hasn't really got a second gear are still lost two points less than the club that's flying at the moment? I mean, I've said it on the show for the past few weeks. I think you you do have to give Celtic credit because I don't think anyone can disagree that they've not been at their top form, albeit they've, they've got a good habit and they have done for the past couple of years that when they're not playing well, they still grind out results. You know, and, and from a Rangers point of view, I look at the you no know, in my opinion, the three games they've not played well this year has been Livingston where they drop points, Hibs where they drop points, and the weekend against Ross County where they managed to win, which is obviously a good sign for them. But I do also feel that, you know, Celtic's performances haven't been great, certainly um over the last sort of six, seven games. They have to up their performance if they're playing against a good Rangers team. And uh, like you said, for the majority of the season Rangers have played well. So I do think, and listen, there's certainly nothing that suggests that Celtic won't up their game. You know, they've done it in the past in, in big games and big occasions. But if they have the same performance that they had against St. Johnston and Riga and Sarajevo, then I, I don't think they'll, they'll grind out that, that, that gritty win that they've been doing recently. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't referring to the actual Firm game. Uh, Hear me saying Old Firm, I never ever say that. Sorry. Celtic Rangers game, the Old Firm game obviously died in 2012. But the fact well, thanks for clearing up your theory on that, Frank. We didn't see where you were going with that one. Well, you know, you had always get there, Gordon, at the end. But the point is, Andy, it's more that the Rangers can't shake Celtic off, and they're showing their best. In other words, what I'm saying is, when Celtic, and Celtic will, Celtic will get in a groove, and Celtic will start showing third, fourth, fifth gear for them, then that must be surely a concern of yours as a Rangers fan that you're playing your best. Celtic are playing way below their best. Do you think Rangers are playing and, their best? I think I think they're playing probably the best that they'll they'll play. They might they might continue that for them, 
I, th- I don't really see much in the Rangers' makeup that makes me see they're going to play much better than they are now. And I'm not belittling how they're playing at all. I'm being um, very fair when I say this. That, but they, they're playing Celtic, on the other hand, who have only played, I think, two home games this season as well, albeit the, the crowd situation. And Rangers just have lost more points than Celtic. I think, I wonder, I wonder if there's a Rangers, because a few Rangers friends of mine think this, that, that they are really worried because they can't shake Celtic off and Celtic are way below par. Right, well, in your mind, Frank, what's the most difficult away uh, games in a, in a domestic season? Well, what do you mean this or, or you mean when there was crowds or before this, uh, or this season? In general, or what? What, what would you say will be Celtic's biggest test away from home this season? Well, obviously it's your Aberdeen, it's Ibrox, it's whatever. Obviously the bigger teams, that's your biggest... Have Celtic played them? Yeah. Any of them that you've just mentioned? Uh, no, 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 that's not the point I'm trying to make here. That's no, but you, you, no, but you did. You just said that... We'll play, we'll play the team that's third, that's Hibs. Away, I think, I, I, I said away. Oh, away, from, away from home, no. No, no, we've not played them, no. Yeah, so... You know, like you said there, you said Ibrox, you said Pataudry, you said Easter Road. I'd fling in there Livingston because you know, Celtic have dropped a few points against Livingston away from home. So that's four games. Celtic haven't played any of the four away from home. So listen, like I said earlier, you're obviously trying to get something out of me that I'm not going to give you. But you have just said that Celtic haven't played their, uh, their best, but they're still you know, a points advantage if they do win their game in hand. But you know, I'll counter that by saying, have they played the four difficult away games this, uh, so far this season? And you've just answered them by saying no. Frank and Mary Hill, thank you very much. We'll leave it there. That was Frank on 01419511025. We're looking for eight players tonight with over 100 caps who've managed in England since 92. And the team they've managed must have been in the English Premier League at some point. So you've got Frank De Boer, 112 caps. Kenny Dalglish, 102 but just one thing A wee slight clue for How many Englishmen Are in this Gordon? I've got one of them I think Go for it Brian Robson No No? More obvious than that For a couple of reasons Shocked at that though Right sorry Just how, how No One Just one Englishman mm-hmm. More obvious than Brian Robson Because I've, I've got about Five or six written down I wasn't sure Right I'll, I'll go Frank Lampard Yes Right okay So you've got your one Englishman Roy Keane No uh, he Aussie fell out too many people to get 100 caps, mm. didn't he? Mm. Ozzy Ardilis? No. Gus Poye? Nope. Coleman? No, actually. Is there... I know, I know he, pulled out, he pulled out a lot of friendly, so I don't think... But I'll go... Ryan Giggs in it? No. Zola? Nope. Oh, I think you two need some thinking time. So we've got Lampard, De Boer and Dalglish. We'll get the rest next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard What a question this is from John Smith Thank you to John for sending it in It doesn't need to be anywhere near as difficult as this But if you have a question or an idea Send it over to us full time at Clyde1.com I'll try my best to read it out And we'll try and catch the pundits out with the answers So tonight name the 8 players with over 100 caps For any country They've managed in England since 92 But the team they've managed Must have been in the English Premier League At some point Just the club Let me clear that up So they don't have to have managed In the English Premier League It's just that the team That they managed Have at some stage Been an English Premier League team So that's why um, This doesn't actually apply To the ones you've got so far But it does Mm -hmm. apply to the ones you don't Frank Lampard Frank De Boer Kenny Dalglish I've got another couple 
Philip Koku Yes And that would Tick that box So he's at Derby Now they're not in the English Premier League But they have been So that's That's what I meant by that So yep. Apologies uh, if that was unclear Philip Koku And one of the all time greats Michael Loudrup Brilliant 104 Denmark caps He managed Swansea Justin Smith has gone Paul Scholes I can tell you that's wrong Ronnie Dempster has gone Klinsman and Coleman Wrong Peter Gray He got Loudrup But he also went Freddie Junberg. Uh, so I just thought I'd point you in the right direction You've got three to get I would say one of them is nigh on impossible If I'm being honest The oh, other yeah. two The other two are similar In that they played In the same position And the countries that they Managed are neighbours The countries they managed? Yeah Sort of managed oh, Sorry the country the, 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 the No sorry sorry The countries they played for Are neighbours Oh the countries they played for Yeah yeah sorry uh, like Portugal and Spain Or mm. Denmark and Sweden Now we're in the right neck of the woods Not necessarily those two But we're in the Up towards uh, Finland and Yeah uh, Finland and Russia No mm, Finland I'll fin- give you give you that hey. I only know it About three Finnish players yeah, What have yeah. we got? Yari Lippmann No mm. And Anthony Emi There's one more There must be one more that, uh, You'll kick yourself Kamara You've got me now You've got me now right We can't leave this squad We need to get this Before we go uh, And they're not in, They're not in English Premiership just now That The team that he managed isn't, But do you know the thing is It was a pretty forgettable Management career you, 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 I would just think More of this guy as a player That would be the best way Of doing it I think it's going to be Before my time No it's not 100% not don't start looking for excuses that don't exist. Well, I mean, if the answer wasn't before my team, then it's not. So it's, you've just forgotten he's a manager. But I'm telling you, Finnish players from the English Premier League, you'll kick yourself that you don't get this guy. Oh, I've just thought he's not a Finnish player. Who is oh, he? No, he's no. It's you're, not him. Johansson. No, it's, it's not, not him. Pat, it's no Pat Alainen. Uh, oh, what club did they manage? That's the thing. That that that, that isn't even going to help. It was Brighton. But the team he played for was Oh the yeah I, I, I've got it Sammy Hippier Sammy Hippier No I would never go. As a player I but right. no Okay two to get I've told you one pff, You forget about it We'll be here until Christmas Eve Trying to get that one But I've got faith in you For the other one uh, I think we'll We'll leave it there um, Just let me check in See if anything's happening In the opening stages Of those Betfred Cup group games uh, We had a bit of a shock Last night Hamilton Aki's beaten by Annan Golis, Kelty St Johnson, Hibbs Brora, Montrose Ross County, St Mirren Thistle, Airdrie Alloa, all goalless at the moment um, in those. So uh, keep an eye out, particularly if there are any shocks. Um, Mark, the Betfred Cup as well. We just can't escape it, can we? The the cloud that's hanging over all the football at the moment, but particularly the Betfred Cup, because we've got these quite hard and fast rules in place. There's no real room for error because we need yeah. to get the group stage finished. So if you can't fulfil your fixture, you forfeit it That's what happened yeah. to Kilmarnock It's what happened to Forfer Yeah it's very unfortunate But it's totally understandable Gordon it, you know, With the greatest respect It's the number three competition On the domestic calendar um, And there's, there's just too much to fit in And uh, you know Ian Blair at SPFL His job is hard enough Without having to squeeze in more And tell me this Is there Scottish Cup replays From January onwards I mean let, oh, let you're let's, testing me Let's hope Let's hope Common sense has prevailed here because it, they've always resisted it. The vote has always resisted um, doing away with replays. But this season, surely, 
Surely they must have done away with with, with replays and and uh, play it to a finish. I should remember if that decision had been taken, and I I can't, but I will find out. I'll just look that yeah. up. But so all all those wee things um, all add up, Gordon, because you know there's going to be a backlog of fixtures. We are going to have several clubs at some point, if not three or four times. I've seen how many play four games in a week. Mm. That's just going to be what's going to happen, and you've got to fit everything in before the split. Um, happens as well So you need to get 33 league games finished mm-hmm. By the first week uh, in April And then you've got Scottish Cup mm-hmm. fixtures So there's a major backlog And uh, I just hope we don't have a bad winter yeah, as well My gut reaction tells me that The replays are still in place As far as I can remember that's got, Seriously will, that's got to correct me Someone will correct me if I'm wrong uh, Gary is a Rangers fan Calling in from Thornley Bank tonight What's on your mind Gary? How we doing guys? Yeah, and uh, Mark Hi Gary uh, and uh, Frank for your tribe is like where we are pal don't it's to be expected <laughs> um, Mark it was just a wee question for you mate um, I know you're kind of in the know about these things Jack Wilshire to Rangers um, do you think it will happen? I, it depends how it depends what kind of finances Jack Wilshire's looking for you know he's been on I think in excess of £100,000 a week at West Ham he's still got plenty to offer he's a top player he's very unfortunate with injuries if he, if he's willing to drop down a good chunk and by that you know I mean you know a good a seriously yeah, good chunk 75 to, to 80 but if he's, if he's willing to get in you know around the 25 30 grand mark in, in, in appearance money and just being part of something that, that Rangers are looking to do this season and be part of European football then yes, so it might appeal to him um, to come up to Scotland and just try and um, relaunch his career. Uh, he might feel that, with a great respect, that it's a perfect platform to do it. Andy, with you know, slightly less challenging games uh, sometimes, and he thinks, you know what, Stephen Gerrard, no doubt, would have been a, a hero of his, probably. Teammate, think, I would imagine. Yeah, so, do you know what, there's, there's a few things here. It comes down to, put it this way, if he still want to get 60, 70, 80, 80 grand a week, there's no chance it's going to happen. If he's willing to drop down to the Scottish figures of 25, 30 and even then that, that's been you know really pushing the boat out then I think there's a there's a chance of something maybe happening to, you know from now until the end of the season What would your take on it be Andy? I mean listen if, if, if you know you're getting a fully fit Jack Wilshere mm. it just seems like a, it's the potential to be a remarkable signing uh, But you don't no, but, that well, would be the obvious one eh? The thing is the last probably 3-4 clubs have thought that that's what they're going to yeah. get so it's um from a you know, from a personal standpoint, it, it must be so difficult for us, for someone with his ability and, and his potential to obviously be constantly knocked with with injuries. But I think if um you know if if any contract or, or negotiation do take place, I I be um I wouldn't be surprised to see a you know a hefty sort of pay as you play contract because I think that that's probably the way forward if um if Rangers are going to bring him in. Gary, ultimately, if a player's good enough, you, you find space for him. If he's better than what you've got, then then he plays and the rest figures itself out. But have Rangers not did Rangers not get the one midfielder they were looking for last night in an already semi congested area? How would how would that all look? Is it something you would actively want to see happen? To be honest, yeah. If if they could stay fit, of course. Um I mean it's not as if he's old, you know what I mean? He's twenty eight, so he's still got a number of years in him. Yes, he's been played with injuries, but as I say, if he could stay fit, you know, he's I, I know we got Zunga in but He's not, he's not like, you know, a world-known name, if you know what I mean. Whereas Jack Wilshire, he's, he's got experience at highest level, you know, he's played for England in McDermott's and 
you know, he's got a number of caps behind them. And um, just, just to echo what Andy said there about one of the, you know, the kind of pays you play sort of deals, I think that would be ideal just in case he still did have his, his injury pro- problems while he was here. But if he could stay fit, I think he would... I think it would find it um, really good up here Right, it's maybe one to keep an eye on Thanks to Gary and Thornley Bank That just takes us up nicely to the end of the show You two have still got two more answers on the teaser Though one, I honest, I'll be honest with you I think we can just forget about one, right? I'll just tell you Is one, is one a Swede? Yes Is it Roland Nielsen? Oh my goodness, that's the one I was going to write off Well done, that's outstanding Chef Wade, uh, he played for Chef uh, Wade Coventry, he managed just about to mention his name as well Were you? Tip of your no, tongue you, No, you were right, do, 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 do you know why? Do you know, <laughs> i tell you what, do you know why Roland I'll Very quickly, it's why Roland Nielsen came up my head Do you remember the wee thing that was doing the rounds during lockdown? Pick your best 11 of different uh, nationalities You can't have two of the same that have played for the same team And I had, I had a problem getting a defender And Roland Nielsen was my defender Just to get a Swede in it right back So that's why Roland Nielsen Way over, over my head yeah. uh, right, No that's actually Funnily enough There's that's another one, one that's close to What about Norway? Norway He played for the same team That he managed Right That team was Blackburn Oh that was Um that was um, Henningberg Henningberg There we go We got there in the end Thank you very much to Andy Halliday And to Mark Guidi A massive, massive night for Scotland tomorrow Make sure you join us at 6 Mark Wilson and Gordon DL will be here We'll build up to kick off And hopefully it ends in the result we all want Barry Wilkins is up next He'll look after you for the rest of the night